Welcome to the Eternal Connection, a radio broadcast ministry of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Whether it be through prescribed behaviors, rituals, or practices, every religion in the world teaches that if we desire to know God, it is our responsibility to find Him and know Him. Christianity, however, teaches something very different. Christianity teaches that God has come to us and has revealed His love for us by putting on flesh in Jesus Christ and by giving us His Word through which He continues to speak to us today. We're glad you've joined us as Pastor Jay continues leading us through the Bible in the Gospel of John, right here, right now on The Eternal Connection. And once again, you are eternally connected. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Pastor Eric J. from the Eternal Connection and St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska, who sponsors this program where we are eternally connected to our God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, through his word as we approach the final five verses of the Gospel of John. Chip, Jason, it is a momentous weekend. <laughs> you know, it's something e- eternal. <laughs> you know, it seems like we have been in John eternally. Yes. And uh, yeah, guys, we're going to finish this thing today. Amen. That's, uh, well, it's been, amazing. A, it's been a wonderful time it has. Uh, going through the Gospel, and uh, this is just a reminder to those of you listening that uh, once this episode airs, the entire Gospel of John series is going to be taken down uh, from our archive. We're going to kind of repackage it because over the course of the past two years, we've done a couple of things in between episodes, yes. yep. um, and we, we want to uh, put it together kind of in a single package deal and make it available to you um, by way of support um, and uh, maybe becoming one of our supporters to get that. So uh, in, in fairness to you, if there's episodes you haven't heard, uh, listen now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So uh, John chapter 21, we're picking up in verse 20, looking at the final verses of John's gospel, the beloved apostle, the beloved disciple, as will be brought up here again. But before we get into all that, Chip, As always, one more time for the Gospel of John. Pray for us. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you for this tremendous day uh, that we get to finish up your Gospel of John, where we've learned the amazing grace that you've had as you sent your Son to die for us. Lord, be with us this morning as we finish up. In your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jay, before we get started, how are you doing? We didn't... uh... Oh, I'm doing great. You didn't bless the airwaves with your voice yet. Well, that's okay, you know. <laughs> I figured there was lots to talk about, and it's important that we get to the end of the Gospel of John. Yes. What if we just got through verse 24? <laughs> <laughs> I think we might pack it up and go home. <laughs> all right. Well, with no further ado, uh, we will get through all five verses. Here is John chapter 21, verse 20. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? Now I'm going to pause there because I think we need context. So Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, which is who? John. John, the Mm -hmm. one after whom the gospel is named. Following them... 
in what context? But following them from where? Doing what? Why is he following them? Yeah, I was, you know, I was thinking like in his footsteps or following him in belief. Um, yeah, I, I had the same question. Glad you brought it up. Well, I think probably they were walking along the shore because if you remember last time we talked uh, early in this chapter, how uh, Jesus had appeared to them on the shore mm-hmm. and uh, Peter got excited and jumped in mm-hmm. uh, the the lake and, and uh, came to shore and uh, Jesus uh, shared breakfast with them uh, and then uh, talked about the famous section where Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? And mm-hmm. he gets frustrated because he's asked three times and he's like, Lord, I, I do love you. Uh, and it happened in three, just like he denied him three times. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about that. And then Jesus talks about the death that mm-hmm. he was to where Peter, Peter, Peter yes, uh, Peter's death, where uh, John tells us that this was to uh, show what kind of death Peter would would die for his Lord. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and then I think they just continued walking on the beach. Yeah, a great summary, this whole dialogue between Jesus and Peter. Uh, a good reminder, too, that Peter is the one that Jesus has put as the head of the church, right, on on this rock I will build my church. And it's not Peter, although he's named Petros, sure. uh, but his confession, right, the confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that's when Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, you couldn't have known this unless God revealed it to you. Right. Um, so having this intimate exchange before Jesus ascends back to the Father with the one who's going to be the leader of the Christian church, and and it's not a pep talk, <laughs> no. right? Um, and I think this is something we didn't touch on last time that I would like to touch on this time is the overall sense you get from that dialogue with Peter is, when the Lord comes to Peter and when he comes to us, we have this important distinction of two teachings in Scripture that always has to be held there, right? Law and gospel. And in love and in building Peter up and in, in making him the quote-unquote man of God he's supposed to be in the leader, the first thing the Lord does is confront him, call him to repentance, break him down so that the Lord can remake him into who he wants him to be. And I think so many times as Christians, if we think about, oh boy, if the Lord was here, oh, the things we would talk about. And I think it's a cause for us to, to remember that if the Lord was here, one of the first things I fully would expect him to do was call me into account because he loves me, right? Because he wants to see joy and happiness and everything fulfilled in our life. Um, and there's no other way you get to verse 18 and embrace the fact that one day you're going to be hauled off to where you're not supposed to go. But hey, at the end of verse 19, follow me anyway. You, you don't have that kind of faith and strength and courage without repentance. And that always comes first. And Martin Luther famously said, when I ask a Christian to repent, I'm simply asking you to be a Christian. Jesus always precedes his promises with, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we are depriving ourselves of a blessed conversation that we could have with Jesus, just as Peter did here, when we skip that part, because it's uncomfortable, sure, but that's the cross we are to bear, and that's what we should expect from our Lord. When the Lord speaks to me, I expect both both of those things, conviction and redemption, 
you know, this reminds me of a conversation that I was having with a coworker uh, earlier today. Jesus never said that we weren't going to have difficulties in this life. In fact, he told the disciples very poignantly that they would. He just told Peter that he was going to die for him. Mm -hmm. The joy that we can have is because of Christ, what he did for us, and what he gives us. We can have joy through that suffering, Mm -hmm. through those horrible times that we go through. And you're right. So much we hear is, you know, that... Well, you'll never have any problems if you become a Christian. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just not the case. Yeah. That's not what Jesus said. Yeah, he, he promised more problems because we are a follower of Christ. And right. yet he magnifies his power over and through those problems. By, and we still have that joy. Yeah, that yeah. transcends, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's with all of this conversation happening between Jesus and Peter that John is behind listening. Everything we've just reviewed the confrontation of his denial, do you love me three times, uh, you're going to be let off to die, follow me. John's been listening in on this, <laughs> right? And that's what, hap- what, what he tells us in verse 20, that when during this conversation, Peter turned and saw that John was following them. And to make a point of clarification, and I think also something we need to take away from it, John reminds us that, I was also the one that leaned back against Jesus during the Last Supper and asked him, Lord, who is it that's going to betray you? Now, do you remember who asked John to ask Jesus who it was that was going to betray him? Peter. Peter, Mm -hmm. yeah. So John's recalling this intimate exchange that happened at the Lord's Supper because that's going to play into what he's going to say next, or at least that's what he wants us to carry into it, right? When Peter saw John following them, listening to this conversation, he asked Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Now, they're all all like right there. Wouldn't wouldn't John hear Peter say, Lord, what about this man? Yep. Doesn't that kind of scream awkward a little? (laughs) Yeah, you know, we're, we're, there's so much you want to fill into this that we're just not told. But yeah, it's like here's, I mean, clearly Peter didn't have a problem with John hearing it, right? Right. Yep. Right? So again, Peter and John have been together for a lot of stuff. Mount of Transfiguration. Who are the two disciples that ran to the tomb? Well, and he, Peter and John. doesn't refer to him by name here in the scripture, at least in my translation. It says, what about this man? Mm-hmm. Like he's just another man on the street corner. What about this guy, Lord? (laughs) So, yeah, but what about that question? Like, what is Peter asking? Before you read on, let's just, what about this man? I mean, if somebody asked you that question, what would your response be? We'd have to know context. Yeah, what about him? Yeah. It's kind of one of those blank check questions. There's... You could fill in a lot of different blanks there. Yeah, but this is why we spent so much time talking about context and leading into this. What was the last thing that Jesus told Peter? He told him he, how he was going to die, and he said, follow me. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to make the assumption that based just on that context that he's asking about John's fate. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going to die, what about him? Yep. Yep. And what has Peter always been concerned about 
when it comes to the other disciples? Is he worried about himself? Mm, very good answer. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, he, Lord, even if planning. all of these deny you, mm-hmm. I will never deny you. Yep. Right? Arguing about who's the greatest. Peter just got an anvil dropped on his foot, right? Hey, Peter, one day someone's going to drag you off and kill you for my sake. I mean, just imagine if you had to process that information. You're one of 12 disciples, 11 now, and one of them's walking along, and Peter's probably thinking, well, what about this guy? Right. (laughs) Now, you don't get that from the question, but as is often the case, you understand exactly what Peter was asking by Jesus' answer. In verse 22, Jesus replied to Peter and said, If it's my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. That's kind of one of those, like, smackdown. Yeah, Yeah, if you heard what Jesus just said, even though he didn't say it to you directly, you kind of get that sinking feeling in your stomach, right? And, and and let's not let's not miss how big of a deal that answer is. We're talking about life and death. Peter's not asking like, Lord, is he going to make more money than me, or is he going to get a promotion before me, or what about what about his fancy car? And no, he's saying, Lord, you just told me I'm going to be martyred for you. Here's this other disciple who is the beloved disciple who clearly everybody understood had a special relationship with Jesus. But at the same time, you have Jesus standing there telling you this. I mean, talk about the ultimate insurance policy. What do you mean? He, the assurance of eternal life. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I don't think that mitigates how difficult this may have been for Peter to hear and what led him to ask this question about John. And look, like I said, this the comfort of Christ's resurrection for us sinful beings comes in two parts. Yes, there is the redemption. There is the resurrection. There is the hope, the assurance, the joy. But because we sin constantly, that assurance also comes with a call to repentance. You you don't get the redemption without the repentance. And once again, Jesus isn't pulling any punches here because he's about to leave. He's about to to work this ministry in and through Peter and John and the rest. And Jesus says, makes clear, if I want him to remain here until I come, which means even though Peter didn't ask it that way. He knew knew what he was implying. Yeah, Jesus knew exactly what he was asking. Like, well, is John going to die? And if Jesus wouldn't have stopped him, what would Peter ask next? Well, is Nathaniel going <laughs> to? <Was, Sure. laughs> right? Yeah. Jesus says, if it's my will that he remain here until I come, what is that to you? There's so much in that sentence. My will that he remain. In other words, if it's my will that he stays alive until I come back, Jesus is saying, John will live or die. Peter, you will live or die according to my will. My will. And you have the same words uh, where he, you know, you follow me. And we've just heard follow me many times over. Yeah, but boy, does context change it this time, right? 
So he's being rebuked. Peter's worried about everybody else, that how the other disciples are going to walk out their faith, how God's going to work in their life. And Jesus essentially says, what does my work in their life matter to you? You worry about following me. It's and you I know, like I, the ultimate parental scolding the child here. Yeah, but that is we all need to hear that. Uh we we especially within the church. How many problems in our congregations, how many problems amongst Christians happen because we are way too concerned about someone else's faith before we are concerned of our own. We make judgments according to what God appears to be doing in this person's life and not ours, or vice versa. And this is the leader of the church that Jesus is saying, Peter, your job in leading this church is not to lead the church. Your job in leading the church is first to follow me. That is it. And if we would only make that our own priority each day, I think we would, we would start to see what we want in our life, which is the clear hand of the Lord that's already there. We just are blind and deaf to it because we've got our priorities backwards. So we get this comment in verse 23 from John. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that the disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die. But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? Case in point from what I just said, right? People are so concerned about other people's. What is this John essentially saying? There's a false rumor. Yep. Everybody heard this, and they all drew the same conclusion. Yeah, so John, in writing this gospel, is hoping that his hearers, the readers, if they have heard this lie, or maybe it's not a lie, this misinformation that, oh, Jesus said John was going to never die. Well, no, that's not what he said. But yet, people hear what they want to hear because we're too concerned about how everybody else is following Jesus. I heard that if he wanted him to to stay, he could do that. Of yeah, and, and if yeah. he didn't want him to stay, he could do that too. Yeah. And his point to Peter was, that's not you can't do anything about that. You're not in control of that, so don't worry about that. And, and I was going to get there later, but now's as good a time as any. I think there's a huge lesson here for, for us in our walk with Christ to be reminded that Jesus does not expect us to worry ourselves or be concerned with what we do not control, what we cannot affect. And I think there's great freedom in that. I think many times we get frustrated in our faith without taking an outside view on what it is we're concerned with and saying, is this even mine to worry about? Is, can I do anything about this? And if the answer is no, it doesn't mean you can't pray about it, but that should change how we pray and what we do. We leave it at his feet and we, we, we have to let it go. Holding on to it's not going to change anything. And that's a, that's a careful discernment that I think is being taught here to Peter also. Well, and if I can bring this to a little bit more personal level regarding Jason, you know, many, many months ago, uh, we had the conversation, uh, and I don't remember if we did it on the air necessarily, but we talked about how, you know, why did, Jay, why did God wait until Jason was a certain age before he kind of revealed himself to him? 
And this is a great answer to that. You know, basically, it's, it's God's will and it's God's timing. And we have to, you know, when we're sharing the good news with people and maybe we don't, maybe we are not even around to see the fruit of the word given at that time, uh, but that's not our responsibility. You know, it's, it's like Jesus needs to tell us, you know, what is it to you? I'm, I'm in control here. Not you. You worry about you. <laughs> yeah, and to, not to talk at Jason, but far less important, uh, far more important than when the Lord reveals himself to us is what our response is when he does. You follow me. What does it matter if I reveal myself to you when you're five or 85? The, the end result doesn't change. <laughs> you still spend eternity in heaven, right? It's a very mortal concern to, to look at it as, well, why did he come this early or this late? Jesus' concern is your eternal salvation. The end goal is the same for everybody. And you follow me. I mean, anybody listening right now, that's Jesus' call. That's why John put it in here, so that those who read it would hear it and say, oh, I need to be more concerned about me and Jesus. That's, that's the only thing that matters. And what does that mean for me to follow him? And it starts with what you can change. And it, and it leads to a lot more. It leads to a lot of conversations with other believers and friends and family and debates. Um, it, there's, there's a lot out there. Yeah. You know, I've only read a small part of the word, but, um, you know, in, enjoy it. And it's, it's challenging. And I think that uh, that is a good thing for anybody to take a look at and take that challenge. Absolutely. Well, it, not only that, but the fact is the challenge never goes away. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. at, le- at least not this side of heaven. Well, Peter spent three years with Jesus right. intimately, and yeah. clearly the challenge hasn't gone away. Right. right. But that means that's where the growth is at, right? Yep. So before we're running out of time, the last two <laughs> verses, verse 24, John says, this disciple, this is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things, meaning the one that leaned against Jesus, the one that the false rumors spread about that he was never going to die, the one Peter asked about, that's the one who's bearing witness about these things. That's the one who's writing this and who has written these things. And we know that his testimony is true. Prior to finding my relationship with God, it, it goes back to, uh, well, how do you prove that's true? You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the easy questions. And so I, I read that and I was like, Hmm, I can see like maybe a hundred people like, well, how do you know it's true? Cause I was there once. Yeah. So what would you say there to, to those that are still questioning that? Yeah. Um, you, I would say first think about how much information you believe because you were told by people you trust. There's very little stuff we know. I think cumulatively that we know because we've been there. I mean, in today's day and age of technology, you believe a whole heck of a lot because you see it on a television set. I'm not calling any particular show or anything, but you don't know if that's real. You, you weren't there. You didn't see that. You, that. That could be Hollywood. You don't know. And yet, how much do we... So the issue isn't, was I there? The issue is, is it a credible source? Right. 
That's the issue. And so the credible source, that's what John is saying is, look, I, <laughs> I was there. I'm the one. And you have to also understand that those reading it at the time, this would have been a no-brainer. We're so far removed from it, it's, that's an easy argument, but it's a bad argument because we could show very easily the reliability of the scriptures in, in what that they are saying now, what they said when they were written. Mm-hmm. John is saying, I'm there. And I can't like bring you to Jesus because he's ascended. He's, he's gone. So, uh, and he's commissioned us to tell you. But he's already brought us there it, to a degree through his word. Oh, absolutely. That's what he's saying. This, this is, right, if you abide in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's what Jesus said. So John's saying, I'm, this is the one bearing witness. But then in verse, the back half of 24, it says, we know that his testimony is true. Oh, I didn't pick up on the we. Mm-hmm. Who's we? I, th- th- I mean, I took it as he's including each reader. Okay. That's very interesting. Um, I was going to say the disciples. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you certainly could make that uh, tie in context, right? Because here Peter is, this whole thing is him, Jesus, and Peter, right? There's multiple people involved here. Uh, If you tuned in the last episode, we talked briefly about the whole Johannian school, right? Mm -hmm. And how at the end of chapter 20, it seemed like it was an ending. Mm -hmm. Um, This is another one of the indicators, uh, and and this is true (laughs) for pretty much all the Gospels, uh, that the people involved in writing wasn't just John. John certainly was the author of the content, but the ones involved in creating the documents, disseminating them, paying for them. There were multiple people undoubtedly involved uh, with the creation of all these Gospels, just like a book today, right? You, you could put, if you had a, a, an intro, we, meaning the author, the editor, the illustrator, we attest these things to be true. Right, sure. <laughs> right? The publicist. So, yeah, just a little indication there, and this is part of what points to the authenticity of the text, going back to, Jason, what you were saying, how are we to believe that if there's a skeptic? It's there. I mean, if you take your time to work through the text, there are these indications here, uh, testimony built into this, right? And there's no hesitation on John's part to say, come check it out, folks. And then verse 25, now there are also many other things that Jesus did were every one of them to be written. I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Yet John, I think is communicating to us, look, there's a whole lot more here, but I've chosen to write these things for a specific reason. And he already told us that at the end of chapter 20, right? Yes, that we would believe. Yes. These things are written so that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing you may have life in his name. These things I have told you, the reason that they're here, as opposed to all the other stuff that could fill all the books in the world, is because these are the things that are going to make you believe. You can really see the humanity coming through in the gospel and and John's cry to you and me and everyone listening today. Look, we've put this here not for our own sake, not for our own glory. For goodness sake, read it. We're not very glorious people, (laughs) right? We're all sinful. No, read this, because this is how Jesus comes to you today, through his word, through the good news, the gospel of his resurrection from the dead. 
We pray our time together in God's Word has been a blessing to you and to your faith in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior of the world. If you enjoy listening to our program, we would love to hear from you. Go to eternalconnectionradio.com. To find our full episode archive, contact us, let us know you enjoy the show, or ask a question that Pastor Jay will answer on the air. God bless all of you. We look forward to connecting with you again next Sunday on The Eternal Connection.